0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. I think I wanted to open up with hallelujah mostly because the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What you talk is just evident to what's on the inside of you. Jesus says that in the New Testament. He says it in Matthew. He also says it in Luke. And it's important to keep that in mind because there's so much noise happening. Pastor preached about this on Sunday. We're living in a noisy time. There's so much in the news. There's so much in our families. There's so much going on um, across the country and across the world. And we could just get so bombarded with information and news and noise and noise and noise that, like Pastor said on Sunday, we can begin to miss the sound. We can begin to miss the sound. And that's the first thing I want to talk about. This evening is the sound, because the sound isn't just something that we hear with our flesh. It's not just something that we hear with only our ears or see only with our eyes, because most of the time, believe it or not, God's not going to audibly speak to you. Nine out of ten times, that's not necessarily what's going to happen, but it's that small whisper. And in order to hear a whisper, you have to be close. That's just naturally. So we're not going to listen to the noise, amen? We're going to listen to the sound. And the sound is what he has to say. Because when we fill up on the junk of the world and everything that it has to offer, even just entertainment can become too much at times, we begin to push away the voice that we so desperately need. We begin to push away the voice of our shepherd, our father. Jesus is our shepherd. And when we do that, when we push him away, we can't hear him so it's not gonna get in our heart. And we're gonna to begin to say things that we wouldn't normally say, and we won't know why. Some, for some, they might begin cussing, they might begin complaining all the time, and they don't know why, they don't understand. I've never been a complainer like this, but all of a sudden, I just can't help but see the negative and wanna just spread the negative. And we won't understand why it's coming out of our mouth, but that's because it first originates in our ear, which goes to our heart, which comes out of our mouth. My message tonight is called Heart Flow. Some of you cheated and looked at Facebook before we got started, so you already know that, but I won't hold it against you for long. I want to talk about the mouth for just a little bit, because the mouth is the piece that projects. The mouth is the one sense that projects. So when we hear, that's for us. When we see, that's for us. When we touch, that's usually for us. We're retaining, we're gaining information, but when we speak, that has impact on other people's lives. So it's important because it's not just about us. And like I said, when we fill up with the noise and miss the sound, we'll wonder what's wrong with us. And it's not necessarily that anything's wrong with us. We've just separated ourselves from the sound. And I need you to listen to this Be careful not to open up your mouth for complaining. Because when you open your mouth to complaining, you're giving your ear way to the noise. And when the noise is in, it gets to your heart. So then you'll begin to speak and you're done complaining and you'll have nothing of value, nothing of construction for other people to say. And you'll miss the voice of God and you won't be able to see the blessing in the midst of trial. Because like I said, the sound can be a whisper. And if we're talking loud, 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 we'll miss the sound. And when we can't hear the sound, we can't speak the promise. When we can't hear the sound, we can't speak the promise. And that's vital for our spiritual development and for the spiritual development of those around us. Jesus said, if you have ears, hear. If you have eyes, see. And if you're curious to see what's in your heart, I can ask you this question and it will become very plain. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? What are you allowing in? Because what you allow in is what you're ultimately, ultimately, ultimately allowing out. And what you allow out affects Every single person around you. So it's important for us to get in tune with the sound. Amen? What do you allow yourself, even in the physical, to watch, to hear, to touch, to participate in? Where are you going in the physical that you know you shouldn't be, that you have no business being? Where are you going? What are you doing? Who are you listening to? We speak the truth from our heart. Like I said, Jesus says this in Luke, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And before that, he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So now to understand what we're speaking and what we're saying and the impact we're having in the world, we need to take a deeper look at the heart. Jeremiah 17, 9, and I'm in the NIV version, says the heart is deceitful above all things. And it's beyond cure. Who can understand it? And that is very interesting to me that he says the heart is deceitful. There's no wonder that of all the places that deceit can come out, it comes out of our mouth. When you're lying, you're lying out of your mouth. Deceit is directly connected to your heart. So when the heart's not right, your mouth is going to be spewing out deceitful things, even hiddenly deceitful things. Because your mouth speaks what your heart is full of. James calls the tongue a restless evil, full of deadly poison. If deceit is in your heart, you better believe it's going to show fruit in your talk, in your, talk, in your mouth. And that's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Every single thing that you do flows from it. That's why you can't watch just anything. There are some things, I need to tell you that there are some things that other people, it will be okay for them to watch. It'll be okay for them to listen to. That doesn't mean it's for you. They may be born again, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they may be able to handle it. But a personal conviction on the inside of you does not warrant you to adopt their convictions. It's a personal conviction. Don't get it twisted and say, well, just because the worship leader watches this or just because the pastor watches this means I can. It might not be for you and that's okay. And don't you dare put judgment on other people for watching things that you're not okay with watching. It may be okay for them, just not for you. Don't get it twisted. Don't get confused by convictions. There are things that are concrete, right and wrong, and that's found in the Word. And there are other things that are more personal, and that's okay. So guard your heart. And by guarding your heart, you're really guarding your ears, you're really guarding your eyes, you're really guarding everything that you're taking in and everywhere that you're going. You can't just go anyplace, you can't just listen to anybody, even if they're a preacher, you can't just take everything, everything, everything in and expect to be pure in heart. Because the more ingredients you add and mix, the more personalities, the more this and that, it can begin to get cloudy, That doesn't mean it's ultimately contaminated and it's poison and everything it touches is gonna die, but it becomes cloudy and your heart gets cloudy and it's confusion and all of a sudden it's, is that really God? Is that really God I'm hearing or is that me? Is that somebody else? Is that really God? And as we know in the Garden of Eden, that question posed a very, very serious issue. What did God really say? That's noise, be careful of the noise. Because the noise usually has a long tongue. The noise usually has a wide reach of people. The noise usually is very, very popular. So be wary of the noise because at the end of the day, I don't care how many people are listening to you. I care the content of what you have to say to me today. So don't get lost in the noise looking for the sound. Just because it's popular doesn't mean it's holy. Just because 10,000 people say yes doesn't mean Jesus did. I'm after one opinion, and it's really only his that matters. So if there's 3 million people agreeing, saying amen, wonderful, but if nobody says anything and he's pleased, I've done my job. The noise usually has a very, very long tongue, but the sound has a very precise tongue. Listen to me. The noise will cover a wide variety of topics. Some terrible, some so evil that you can spit it out and discern in an instant, some much more neutral, some much more cloudy. So when you hear it and you taste it in your spirit, you can't figure out is this really God? Is this really true? So when the noise is sweeping the nation with the new latest thing and all the music is saying this and all the preachers all of a sudden start saying that, if they're not in line with the word, they're covering noise and not the sound. The sound is a very precise tongue. There are times in my life, and I can admit it, that I wasn't sure, is this God? And there are other times in my life, and I'm not afraid to admit it, that it was undoubtedly inmistakeably 100 million thousand percent jesus 100% And there was no doubt in it because when he whispers, all of a sudden, the fire didn't mean as much. All of a sudden, all the wind didn't mean as much. All of a sudden, everything that they had to say didn't mean as much because I heard one thing, because I have just one answer, because I heard just one voice. And when my father speaks, I'm at attention. And when my shepherd says, go left, I don't dare go right. I go left. When he says move forward, I don't look behind. I just step forward because I'm listening to the sound. Because I'm more concerned what he has to say than what culture has to say. And I wish that about 10 people would get in an agreement and just say, I'm ready for the sound. Go ahead. Tell your neighbor, I'm ready for the sound. I'm ready for the sound. Because all I need is one voice. All I need is one voice. Because at the end of the day, everything we need is in Jesus. At the end of the day, this may be elementary, but it's still true. At the end of the day, all we need is Jesus because everything that we need, he is. Follow me for just a few minutes. I need to show you something that blessed me. Psalms chapter 18. I'll give you a few seconds to turn there. One, two, three. All right. We're going to start in verse two. Psalm 18, verse two. Again, I'm in the NIV. It says, this is David. He says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And I thought that was great, that was awesome, but I didn't stop there because I began to dig a little bit deeper. Go ahead and go to Isaiah 12. Because I saw something, Isaiah was on the very same page that David is in this passage. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 2. He says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust And not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord Himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. And I like how He didn't say, God brought my salvation, God brought my strength, God brought my deliverance. No, Isaiah wanted to dig a little deeper. He says, in fact, the Lord, the Lord Himself is my strength. The Lord, the Lord himself. That just leads me to believe and gets me a little bit excited that everything that I need, he already is. Because the Lord, the Lord himself, Hold on a minute. He is my provision. He is my strength. He is my joy. He is my peace. He is my father. He is my friend. He is my help. He is everything that I need because in the time of trouble, I remember reading that he's an ever-present help and that he's not going to let me drown. But when I start to doubt a little bit, when I start to sink a little bit, he's just going to reach his hand and remind me, hey, son, I am love. I am forgiveness go ahead and come home because everything that you need I am who sent you Moses asked Pharaoh he said I am sent me because I am is the one we're after because everything that we need he is everything that we need he is so I don't have to look any farther everything that you need he is This right here cancels doubt in a minute, just in a second, because there's nothing that we need that he isn't. There's nothing that you need that he isn't. Nothing. Everything you need, he is, and nothing that you need, nothing that you don't need, This is why we never read in the Bible to worship peace. It never says praise the healing. It never says worship the favor, worship the forgiveness, worship joy. It doesn't say that. All we see is to worship him. So at the end of the day, I'm not just after peace because when I'm when I'm after a thing of God, I'll look to other things that aren't God, trying to find that thing. That's why 10,000 relationships will never fulfill the love that only the Father can give. There's a God-sized hole, and it's right here in your heart. And until you get Him, you're going to have counterfeit. You're going to have counterfeit. At the end of the day, when I go to buy a new pair of Jordans, I don't want the counterfeit, because there's always something a little bit off about the counterfeit. It never lasts quite as long. I want a pair of Jordans. Not a pair of Bordens. They may look the part, but they ain't the same thing. It's time that we stopped worshiping the what of God and started worshiping the who of God. Because He is my salvation. He is. My strength, my healer, my defense, my way maker, my friend, my father, my shepherd, my deliverer. He is. He is. Go ahead and turn with me to Psalm chapter 15. Psalm chapter 15. And this is David talking. He says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart. It's coming from the heart. Time and time again, we see the heart as the center For everything that you do. We made it plain earlier, but I think it's just so interesting that the more and more you turn, the Bible's never wavering. It's not the heart, one passage, and then the spleen the next. It's always the heart. The word of the God comes from the liver. That's never in there. And if it is, don't (laughs) read that Bible. That's a libel. That's not a Bible. Ten people got it. He says, who speaks the truth from their heart. And that's just so interesting to me that he doesn't just say those who speak the truth. Anybody can look the part. But at the end of the day, what do they have on the inside of them? Is there any oil when the pressing begins? I don't want somebody who knows how to talk nice and look pretty and at the end of the day has no oil. At the end of the day has no fight in their spirit, who doesn't know how to wake up at two in the morning in war. I don't want that. I want somebody who, like Psalm 119.11 says, has hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word where? In my heart that I might not sin against you. And I'm starting to see a correlation that at the end of all this, we're seeing so many factors play into this. And maybe you haven't realized it, but we've been on one track this whole time. We're speaking the truth from our heart. We're hiding the word in our heart. Our mouth only speaks what our heart is full of. Now, we know that the word and the truth are the same thing. So it's all the same in our heart coming out of our mouth. And I get so grateful every now and then when I remember that the word that we have isn't simply just physical paper and words and ink and an old leather binder. It's not just that, but we have the living word because at the end of the day, I get to remember that my God is alive and well and he's still in the business of doing miracles and he's still in the business of making a way when there seems to be no way. We don't serve just a word, we serve the living word. A word where every single word counts. Where you can read the same thing 300 times, but that 301st time, it means something completely different. Because we don't serve dead religion. We don't serve a dead God who's dormant and leaves all his activity in the past. We serve a God who's alive and very well. Despite what anybody says, despite what all the noise is saying, this is the sound. This is the sound. This is the sound that will bring the healing. This is the sound that will bring the deliverance. This is the sound that will fix your tongue. Because James, not James, they said, the heart is deceitful above all who can tame it. Not me, not me. Only this containment. Because when I've downloaded this into my heart, I can't help but speak his word. So I might be walking through the grocery store trying to grab an eggplant and all the, and then I'm just speaking the word. What's in you comes out of you. I don't know the process. I I just know the basic fundamentals. But you will, you'll find yourself. You'll have a friend telling you about a situation and in the inside you're like, I don't know. Like, I guess everything's terrible. Like, I guess it's over, but something will come up just out of you. And all of a sudden it's a scripture you didn't even know you read. And maybe you haven't heard it since Sunday school, but all of a sudden it's coming out of your spirit because what you put in your heart resonates there. And when the squeeze comes, everything in your heart just comes out of your mouth. So when somebody calls on you, they're not just calling on you, they're calling on what's in your heart. So we need to be very mindful when we're helping other people that we have a clear heart so we can speak clearly to them and speak the truth and not muddle it with impurity and sin and sickness and things like that. Because what's in you comes out of you and what comes out of you gets on somebody else. So be very careful what you allow in because it's not just about you. I think I preached that exact line the last time I was here. What you do is not just about you. Because we're surrounded in community. I can't think of one job that you can do and get away from people to live a life of total isolation. I can't even imagine it because that's not what we're created for. So this season... When our heart is troubled, when our ears are receiving really what sounds like feedback at this point, I can't even make out the words. It's just noise now. When we walk into situations and have no peace and have no clarity and have no distinction of right and wrong and we can't even tell if what's happening is from God or from the devil. Just remember that it's about the sound. That it's about what you're taking in. And I say that out of complete love, not to condemn anybody, be like, you listen to rap music. Like, I mean, it's about the truth of God. It's about his word. And I'm so thankful that his word has never failed. That Jesus has never failed. John 1 verses 2 through 5 Amidst the lies, I need to shine a beacon of light to remind you that the darkness has not overcome the light. The darkness will never overcome the light. When it looks like everything's foggy and gray, just remember that the sun's about to come up. That even though you can't see the sun at nighttime doesn't mean that it disappeared and has no power. The darkness will never overcome the light. It never has. It never has. Even in a time of intense persecution against the body of Christ, where if it was happening today, your favorite preachers would be getting murdered simply for believing in Jesus. Even in that time, the word was never snuffed out. The light was never overcame. Why else do you think the enemy fears it so much? If it had no value, he would leave you alone. If you didn't have something on the inside of you, he would just let you be and let you live your life and think that you're doing a okay and no struggle, nothing like that. But he sees something of such importance on you that will wreck his kingdom the moment you let it loose. And I just believe that the devil's getting very nervous every time that you walk into this building and begin to receive truth and begin to receive life because at the end of the day, the lights will still shine. The lights will still shine. You may feel that the rest of you is broken and battered and bruised. And if we were lanterns, you may feel like everything about you is just crooked. Everything about you is just wrong. But at the end of the day, that thing on the middle is what matters. I don't care much for what the lantern looks like as long as it can hold a light. And he's given all of us a divine ability to be holders of his presence, to be holders of his Holy Spirit so that he can rest on us so that we can influence others. This is the same Jesus that we hide in our heart. So we say things that he wants us to say. Father, not my will, but your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. This is the same word who protects us from falling into a horrible pit. Because the Bible's not shy in truth. It says... Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, so just get ready for it. Don't be surprised when it comes knocking at your door because it's coming, because you have value, because you're a child of the light. But I also remember in Jude verse 24 and 25, where it says to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God, our savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. That means in the past, he was good. That means in your present, he's good. So in the future, I can expect nothing less than for him to be good. He's been true all these years. Why would he start lying now? This is it. This is what you've been looking for. This is the real thing. Because everything that you need, he is. No more lonely nights, just wondering when it will get better. No more thinking you're less than. Because when you get the revelation of who you are through him, you realize that you're more than a conqueror. You realize you were meant not just for life, but life abundantly. We're not just getting through. We're not just plowing forward, hoping to find a P here, a P there. We are children of the Most High God, and He's never failed. He's never failed. So maybe it's time for a heart surgery this evening. A heart surgery, not just to patch it up for another week. A heart surgery, not just to get you by, hopefully, till Saturday, but a heart surgery so that a heart of stone can become a heart of flesh and beat again. Because there may be some of you in this room that knew. Past tense, knew Jesus, knew him as your Lord and Savior. We're walking, striding with him every day. But now you look back and that's only a memory. Now you look back and you wonder what's happened the past amount of time because he's never going to leave. When you invite him in, he's there to stay. He never wants to leave. So don't ever, ever think that because you sinned, he wants to leave. It's not just a childish relationship that when you do something that upsets him, he just grabs his stuff, and all of a sudden you look out, and there's Jesus with a stick and a little polka dot bag just walking out your back door like, do it again, I dare you. That's not Jesus. And if that was ever preached to you, I'm just here to apologize right now because that's a lie. He's never forsaken you. And he never will. I like what First Peter says, drawing from Isaiah 40. It says, "All people are like grass. All their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. but the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever." So in a minute, worship team, you can go ahead and come. We're going to pray. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you that when he comes in, he wants in. When you open yourself to him, it's just him. Please don't do the thing where it's Jesus come in, but I'd like to keep a little bit of X, Y, Z sin. Don't do that. This is a single occupancy. This is not a double occupancy. Because he loves you too much. Because he loves you too much to share you. And that's maybe why he says, I'd rather you be all the way in or all the way out. Because when you're in the middle, I just can't help but believe that just hurts his heart. Because he desires you so badly. Because he loves you so deeply and so passionately that when we live half in and half out, he can't bear to see his son, or daughter split down the middle. Because he wants all of you. What good is half of you? Half of you can't even walk right. Half of you is just one leg and an arm. But when we come together, when it's one whole being saying, God, Jesus, I submit myself to you. I open myself to you. That's when heart surgery can begin. That's when heart surgery can begin and I feel that there's an element of distrust in the room. An element of nervousness, confusion. Again, distrust because of an experience you've had with another person and I need to remind you That our God is not a man that he should lie, but that he is the living and enduring word of God. So that nervousness, that distrust in him, it's really not in him. Because if you have an experience with him, all you will is find that he is very trustworthy. That's all you'll find is that he's worthy of trust. So distrust, nervousness, worry, anxiety, bitterness, I bind that, and you have to leave now. In the name of Jesus, because there is nothing that's going to stop you at this point. You've made it too far. You've come this far. So at this point, there is nothing in your past that's going to prevent your future. There's nothing going on right now in your present that's going to prevent your future. Not if we have anything to say about it. So in the name of Jesus, let the release flow. Let the release flow. With every head bowed and eye closed, Father, do that heart work. Do that work that doesn't require a camera or lights or a stage. Do that heart work that we can find in our bedroom, that heart work we can find in our prayer closet, in our cars. Do that heart work even now. Father, and we thank you that you're sealing your Holy Spirit in this moment. We pray that you would fill this room, fill the atmosphere, fill the hearts, fill the prayers of every person in this room and watching online. And Father, we thank you that your word and your promise and your truth is yes and amen. So Father, in this moment, we receive you. We thank you for your truth and your love. And let let me remind us that when you're undergoing heart surgery, there's always a heart monitor. And that's something that sees what you can't see. That's something that's there in the operating room to make sure that everything is going smooth. So please don't think that when heart surgery happens that you don't need an accountability partner. Somebody looking on the outside in who sees what you can't see. So Father, I pray that you would send the right accountability to each and every person in this room. And if you wanna receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm not gonna ask you to jump up and do a backflip. I just want you to raise your hand. Wherever you are, maybe you're online, maybe you're in your bedroom watching me on a laptop. Just raise your hand. This is just you and him. All eyes closed, nobody looking around. Hallelujah. And put your hands down. Everybody, please stand to your feet. And repeat this prayer with me. Say, Father, we worship you. Lord, we adore you. Fill our hearts with you. We desire you. Jesus, we believe that you died for us and are now risen again fill every part of my life i trust you i thank you forgive me for any sins i've committed i release myself to you hallelujah Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center.